Hello, everybody, and welcome to Best Seat on the Couch, the podcast that places the onus on you to socialize with us. My name is Alex. I'm Iris. I'm Marcus. And I'm Michael. And today, we are talking about the anime series Bochi the Rock. Directed by Keiichiro Saito and produced by Studio Cloverworks, the series premiered in October 2022 and ran for 12 episodes over one season. The anime is adapted from the manga of the same name, written and illustrated by Aki Hamaji, and consists of six volumes which began serialization in December 2017 and is still being serialized today. The story follows Hitori Goto, aka Bochi, a young high school girl hellbent on improving her popularity by becoming a famous rock guitarist, even though she is held back by her social anxiety and awkwardness. However, a chance meeting with fellow musician Nijika opens the door to her dream of playing in a band. The question is, will the introverted Bochi be able to stand on stage and perform? The series was well received, with critics praising the animation, humor, and portrayal of social anxiety. Clips of Bochi also became viral online and was popular enough that sales for guitars in Japan skyrocketed after the anime's airing. And, as always, there will be spoilers. So I remember hearing about Bochi the Rock through the avenue that I just described (laughs) five seconds earlier, which were these viral clips that were popping up online and around the uh, anime forums that I sometimes frequent for show recommendations. And I remember watching one in particular that kind of uh, drew me into the show. It was it was the scene where she turns into the attention whore monster. <laughs> yeah. um, I, the scene right before that where she like lets out that primeval scream. And I remember thinking <coughs> to myself, okay, I got I to gotta give the show a chance. I think this was... I've been looking for a comedy-related show, and I've I watched some duds, and I wasn't exactly cued into Bochi, but I heard that there were a lot of great reviews from people who read it or watched it so far, and so I gave it a shot. And this came out just a little over a year ago, so pretty recently, and I remember really liking the show. It's the show has. A sort of charm to it that feels very personal in some ways uh, to certain aspects of my life when I was a middle schooler and a high schooler and even like a college student of their portrayal of this very relatable social awkwardness that Bochi portrays and the fact of her not uh, wanting to stand up on in front of a stage or really be seen by too many people, but also simultaneously wanting to be popular, wanting to be on stage in a band that has that quality of like selfishness that is without considering the <laughs> the uh, the bigger picture that I feel like we all kind of, daydream ourselves into or at least I did when I was 
in high school and dreaming dreams of grandeur like oh man what if i became like a famous artist or something what if one day we became famous podcasters <laughs> oh, oh and we had well, thirty thousand people listening to our episodes and we were making thousands of dollars in ad revenue for a new guitar wait a sec <laughs> a new guitar i mean be careful iris when we do get famous i'm going to play that clip right back at you so we'll see and right before you play like a montage of all the times i've ever referenced uh neon genesis evangelion and how i won't, exactly how i will not watch that unless we get famous enough to go to a con yes i fully accept exactly. it and in this alternate future it's worth of a price to pay probably <laughs> but yeah i was also really impressed by the music, of course, because it's a it's a musical show. It's a focus on rock music, uh, but also the animation and the stylistic choices that the animators and the directors had with this show. You can really tell that they were going off the walls with some of these scenes, um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the sort of multimedia style that they take to certain moments to up that surreal ante but yeah i i really do like this show it's not as far up as like a comfy show like yuru camp in this sort of slice of life uh genre that i've brought to the podcast but it is definitely up there for me in that it is relatable and it is unique, very unique in a way that is altogether charming. Uh, but what about the rest of y'all? This is your first time watching Bochi. So what were your first impressions and experiences? All right. I think I'm going to start today with the hot take. Are you ready? Okay. Getting it okay. right out there, out the gates. I think this is my new favorite anime. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of all time. Oh, what? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a hot take. At least when it comes to this kind of genre, like like when you just compared it to Eurocamp, I think that I like this better than Eurocamp. Um, I mean, I guess if we're being technical, like the fact that it is your favorite is not, that's 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 right. just a fact, but like... Uh, Andrew, tell us more, Michael, please. So, okay, let me start off with this. I think that... I, I think for what it is trying to do and what it is, it's doesn't drop the ball at any point no it doesn't have like complex stories it doesn't have really like you know it doesn't have amazing world building or deep world building i guess but for what it is trying to do which is just trying to be this comedy slash slice of life about a girl who wants to be in a rock band it really really nails it I this is the this is like one of the few times where I was consistently laughing my ass off yes. throughout the entire oh, episode in multiple points. Um, like you said, when it comes to how this anime does its comedy, like you know, I don't watch a lot of anime, but this feels different than what a lot of previous anime has done. Like, and I know that this is weird to compare these things but it almost feels like into the spider-verse levels of genre defying stuff um, yeah like meta stuff yeah meta. like like every single time they do a live action shot in this anime i just burst out laughing 
I'm going to share this because this is not necessarily my favorite moment, but literally in like the second to last episode where she turns into a 3D model and flings herself against a bunch of blocks, I cried yeah, the, laughing the, the, for like the, the one where it's like straight. Blender. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I cried laughing for like 10 straight minutes. I couldn't stop myself. Um, <laughs> This is the funniest anime I think I've ever watched. Um, Yes. Okay. Moving on from that. I think also the music of this show is just so good. Um, Like, I think that they know exactly how much of a focus they need to put on the actual music for this show to work. Like... I could see a situation where this show went more in a direction of other kinds of sports anime or, for example, Shokugeki no Soma, right? Where they go really deep into the technical aspects of the thing they're trying to show, whether that being food or other kinds of sports or stuff like that. They really don't do that much with this. They do a little bit. They show like, oh, you know, this is the general vibe of how you know, indie rock bands in Japan kind of function with how they have to get gigs and they have, you know, audiences, they have to sell tickets. But, like, there's nothing really that technical. Like, we see her, she's already good, and we just see her perform. And it's about her as a person that defines how well she can play, as opposed to her actual skill as a guitarist, for Bochi specifically, right? And so, I really like how this anime chose to express the theme of the show, the 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 the, the rock bandiness of it, in kind of in like in conjunction with the actual character moments of the show, as opposed to making it all about the rock band stuff. Um lastly, I think that I love the characters so much. Like to me, they all really stand out and are unique in their own ways and really have good moments of just interacting with each other that is just really great um so like i don't know i i've like i've put my foot down on this but uh this might be my new favorite anime of all time so okay I'm so glad we could be here it's <laughs> crazy so i'll say it like this i, I think it's hard it's, you know it's all Anime is such a varied genre. It's not really a genre. It's just a medium, right? And so, like, I could, you know, come back and be like, oh, no, okay, I'm going to rewatch Death Note because that was my previous favorite anime of all time. But I think that in this genre specifically, it'll be very hard to top this. Yeah, I I do think that this show, there's this one... There's one line in this show that I think sums it up and why it hits. Yes! Someone other than me is doing the one line that sums up the whole media. Oh, yeah. thank you. Is it the one well, where the blonde girl says, you're Bochi the Rock? Because <laughs> 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 oh, I was like, I was Bochi like, well, credits. <laughs> they said the no, no, thing. No. They said the title of the show. <laughs> no, I'm saying that there's this moment where I think it's Ryo, uh, the blue-haired girl, yeah is talking to Bochi, and I guess a little preview into probably what is my favorite scene, but it's when she talks about the lyrics uh, that Bochi has written, and she says, like, not many people will will identify with those lyrics, but the ones who do will really like it. And I think the reason why the show was such a hit 
was one because of the humor and the quality that the anime the directors put into this anime but also because of that personal nature that really hits a lot of people um that who who have been in socially anxious situations but yeah i'll tell you I really think i'll tell you right now this one hit me on the on the head <laughs> but yeah that, so i don't uh i think you saying this is your new favorite anime michael i definitely believe it and i think it is up there in a lot of people's favorite anime lists uh yeah i mean this is a this is a really great show i had a lot of fun watching this i think um You've already said a lot of the things that I would have uh, said in support of this. For me, I think what really makes this work is how oddly sincere it is. Like, because in the discussion of social anxiety, and and I got to admit, there, there were a lot of times I really, really felt for, um, for... I, fi- I forget her non-bochi name, Hitori, like her actual Hitori, name. Hitori. Hitori, thank you. I really fell for her. Uh, honestly, I'm just going to call her bochi because that's what everyone else does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the, the depiction of social anxiety, the inner monologue, the racing thoughts that you can't turn off, the immediate leap to assumptions of the worst possible variety, even things that are absurd or outlandish that, you know, you just lack the ability to kind of take a step back from this, uh, you know, like perpetual uh, jumpy hypervigilance, right? I mean, all of it, you know feels really true to life and i assume that you know whoever wrote this originally and you know people on the writing team for the anime adaptation uh you know are all there's people in the room who experience this themselves which uh you know is always a good important thing and yeah i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of humor there's a lot of references they uh kind of take this like core of sincerity of this coming of age story and just bury it under a literal mountain of like uh gags and references and and everything else and it's it's a really lovely recipe overall uh i had a great time i love the characters i was you know rooting rooting for the lesbians all the way and i knew it wasn't going to happen <laughs> but you know this show that i believe i believe right that there is space for interpretation that there's any number of, you know, whatever shipping chart you want to draw of the main character of this show, I believe it's happening. Uh, and of course, it's it's never going to be textual, but like the subtext is there. Uh, the subtext is undeniably there. Uh, I have, there, there, were, there were two things about this uh, that I feel like were my major critiques. Um, and the first one you kind of touched on it, Michael, is that uh, they don't really spend a whole lot of time focusing on the like, the music making process and the process of becoming a band, right? It's that's kind of like the backdrop and it's the, the framing device, but it's not really very present in like the actual content of the narrative. Like the episode to episode struggles are very infrequently about the actual quality of the music or the, the, the process of being a band. And that was something that I was hoping for a little bit more of, uh, to be sure, uh, you know, partially because, you know, my own background in music and being in, you know, performing groups, uh, I would not have wanted, you know, like a sports anime level of speci- uh, specificity, or I would not have wanted, you know, another Food Wars where it's like, oh, but, you know, she actually decided to use the 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 uh, suspended chord with the sixth added instead of the fourth. And it's a great big break in tradition from normal rock music. But in this particular case, 
with the inversion in the base. You know, like I, I was not hoping. Were for you that. quoting like, a different anime that sounded exactly like something another anime would do? <laughs> no, that that was off the cuff. I know, I know. Um, I would not have wanted that show. I think I think that would have pulled away from what the the heart of the show is about. I did feel like I wanted a little bit more, like because because during the audition, right, there was this whole big thing about how Bochi is incredible. Uh, she's got an incredible technical skill, but she's not used to playing in a group. She's not used to matching other people's performances. She's not used to, you know, having to hit tempo and hit intonation and kind of feel out the vibe of a performance. She just gets lost in her own head. And that felt like it never really got followed up on a whole lot. I would have loved to see them like figure out like how to do rehearsals together, like an episode where, you know, they're not really very good at like rehearsing as a group and Nijika is trying to like get everyone whipped into shape and in line and Ryo's just kind of doing her own thing and not helping out and um uh Kita is just like oh my god the, my senpai I can't do it and oh I'm not good at guitar and oh I feel guilty about running away and ah and like I would have loved an episode like where it focused on the process of them rehearsing you know, I would have loved an episode where, or just like little inner snippets of uh, scenes where we see them in the rehearsal room more than just like between practicing and like texting each other. And I know that they, uh, it's just like they put a lot of effort and intention and knowledge behind getting the music right. I mean, even down to the fact that the song they played for the audition was actually off in the ways that they, ta- you know, that, that uh, Boshi was thinking about. I'm going to talk about that later. <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk about that later. Um, so they put so much care and intention and skill into making the music of this good. And I would have loved to hear that care and intention and focus put into just like hearing bits of their rehearsal room. Minor gripe in the grand scheme of things. Uh, I do have one larger critique, but I feel like that can wait. So I'm going to pass the mic. Oh, um, all right. Well, uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny. I, Michael, I feel like your, your, your claim, and this is no, this is nothing against you, but like, it may be like, I, I can't see how any, any universe how this is better than Yuru Camp personally. And like, that's just opinion, <laughs> but like, right. you've kind of triggered me a little bit. I'm like, wait a minute, now, Michael, what the fuck are you talking about? This is oh, not yeah, like, no, I the best I anime. Touch that, I'm, like, I'm ready to fight it. I think it's better than Yuru Camp. <laughs> I wasn't going to fight it, but like, I don't, I don't see a universe in which this is like better than Love is War. I'm not going to fight you on it because it's just funny that like my mind went to that first. Like I I had to like argue in favor of the anime we're not talking about tonight, but. I mean, well, it's it's a a sensible comparison, right? I think of all the other anime series we've watched, Yuru Camp is probably the closest in tone and in premise. (laughs) Literally the entire time, the entire, Alex will back me up with this, the entire, every time we met one of our main characters, even if it was like in a distance, I was like, oh, you know they're a protagonist because they have a different color of hair. Everyone else is like black and brown hair and only these four people have like crazy colors of hair and I wish I were in one of these series so I could identify visually who are the important people in this universe. (laughs) Yeah, just just a compa- another comparison. I think Eurocamp also increased like camping say su- supply sales around Japan after it came out. So compared so, that so what to, you're um, saying is we need to start a really popular manga about being a fan of podcasts, and then that gets adapted into an anime, and then everyone else will become fans of podcasts, and some of that must spill over to us eventually. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a 
a flawless plan. It's a long con. Honestly, I think that this really means that the Japanese people that watch anime take it way too seriously to the point that it affects their economy in measurable ways. But <laughs> I mean, well, you there's definitely similar trends in like every other part of the world oh, right yeah, yeah. like like the fact that you know the the queen's gambit uh releasing on netflix caused uh chess website subscriptions to like see like literally never before seen uh periods of growth okay i will right? say though like you know that in this show the studio that they're pl- starry is what it's called it's based on a real place apparently yeah and, and apparently the real place yeah. got flooded with too many anime fans and they'd be like please stop coming here <laughs> I mean, they should have known. No, I mean, they <laughs> didn't the know fuck? that this was happening. Yeah, oh, they no, they didn't know they were getting a, a, a an anime based I on their. I don't studio? think so. I don't I'm know. Pretty, yeah, I'm pretty that's... sure the author just walked by this fucking bar of this, but like, I was feel like, oh, like I that's like the kind. That. That's the kind of thing that like legal action gets taken over. Well, right? they didn't if use the actual were... name, right? So yeah, but if they don't use the name, but if it's like similar enough that it's like universally identifiable, that it is based on this particular thing. Like, I feel like I don't know. Maybe the laws are different in Japan, but I feel like in America they have to do a lot of things. So like, even if they are referencing something specific. They have to like take some obfuscating measures to like change it up enough that it's like, you now, know. It's, the, it's the wild wild east over there. Yeah. <laughs> couldn't they? Couldn't they like make some kind of legal action as like their likeness was used without their permission and it is causing? They didn't them copyright harm. the building that they're in. There. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just seems anyway. Shitty. Marcus, keep please. Yeah, talk. I mean the, the the laws in Japan are different than the laws in America. Big if true. But. That's I mean that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but yes, uh, on to my opinion about the show. Um... I, the show is really good, and I think that there's, um, you know, a lot, a lot of what you guys have already said is uh, is resonating with my opinion as well. I think that, you know, for for a what what really is just a purely slice of life anime, um, the fact that they do put a lot of focus, narrative focus on social anxiety and, uh, you know, how to portray that in a way that is, you know. Not trivializing the, you know, the real pitfalls of social anxiety while also being funny and not like, you know, shallow or, or baseless is, is definitely difficult to do. And in many ways, it makes me like, it, it <laughs> Eurocamp did not have any of this going on, right? Eurocamp, every character is perfect and everything that they do is amazing and cute and wonderful. And so you never <laughs> have to think about these things. But this show made me think about these things. And in that regard, like, there is something to be said about, at least during my watch, like, sometimes it almost, like, it felt kind of exhausting to watch Bochi be socially anxious because being socially anxious is exhausting, right? Like, that's, mm. that, that, there's something to be, like, if you, if you have had social anxiety before and you, you know, relate to that on some kind of personal level, then you know how, like, shitty it feels, and therefore when you watch it on screen, sometimes it makes you feel shitty, but the show is screaming at you not to feel shitty because it's a joke and it's trying to make you laugh. So there, there was, it was definitely throwing me for a loop, and I don't think there's anything bad about it, but I think there is something worth discussing about it. I'm sure we, we will discuss it, um, you know, in this episode. I think one of the biggest mitigating factors of that experience, because I do agree with you that that there's sort of a, you know, I've I've mentioned a couple times, I get secondhand anxiety, secondhand embarrassment real bad in certain kinds of media. And I've been fortunate enough that for the most part with like, almost everything we've we've talked about on this podcast, I haven't really had to like, deal with that in its, uh, you know, greatest form, because it's just, you know, for obvious reasons, it's not the kind of media that I like. 
And there was a, there was only one moment in this whole show that really badly triggered that for me. And Alex knows what it is. It might get mentioned yeah. at some point. But the there that sort of background, like, oh, is this going to get like a little too close to home or a little too personal? Is this going to feel like a little too reminiscent? Am I going to be a little too close to Bochi's mindset? I feel like one of the biggest mitigating factors of it for me is that she is surrounded by so many people that are so genuinely kind and caring and understanding and forbearing, right? They're patient with her, even when they don't understand. And after a certain point, once they've all gotten to know her, they're all just like, oh, is Bochi off in her own little world again? Okay, well, uh, you know, don't worry. I'll pull her out of the trash can and you, uh, you know, reinflate her because she's a balloon that deflated or uh, here you chase the birds away or here you uh, gather up all her constituent parts. You get her out of the coffin, right? I mean, they also, they couch it, right? Her kind of, uh, her... I don't want to call them episodes because that's suggestive, but her 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 trips, we'll say, they catch them all in in the humor, right? In the in these visual gags that are you know so very obviously not like the literal fact of what is happening in that scene, but the show is so much funnier when you interpret it that it is all literal, <laughs> and it's just like the parents are like, yeah, let's just leave these three. Uh, or the yeah there's three four teenage girls upstairs in our daughter's bedroom and they come back and like their daughter has like turned to dust and blown away in a way and they're all just like oh my god and then the next scene everything's fine the show is so fucking funny when you interpret it that way yeah i mean and and the other thing which is related to that is that social anxiety is never portrayed as a burden to anyone else like yes it it is it is always just big agree you know it's always humor right and so again like there there definitely was care put into that and i have to respect it it's just that every once in a while i'd be like damn wow that's like you know it's just it's just weird it's just weird but um all that being like but you know then you get the the moments where like she's a fucking claymation figurine with all these other things around her and she's spinning on us like i i was crying laughing at that scene for the same reason michael was crying laughing at the other one the one where they have that like blender rendered truck with their yeah. band like yeah. plastic on the side like the, who comes up with this shit like i we, uh, the, we the, the, not- the one the, yeah the one where she was like a little like kind of clay figurine hiding in oh, a bush yeah. and the camera had to go on a trip to like find her <laughs> yeah. in the like real world bush yeah. like they were having a great time i we we have not seen anything like that i think in, in an anime uh before and like that 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 level of direction and that level of animation i think is it, in, in many ways it kind of is meta defining i guess for the i would argue the we saw a lot of genre. this I, th- I would argue we saw a lot of similar things in kaguya-sama Right, not That's so much right. with the the breaking of um, medium, but with the cutaways, the physical humor, the sort of very obvious, uh, you know, breaks from again, you know, depicting the events in a way other, you know, through like visual metaphor. Um, definitely not to the same extent, and definitely not of the the same variety. But that idea, I think, was there. I, I just wanted to quickly shout out because. I agree with Kaguya-sama that it is the kind of like the pinnacle of how that technique can work in comedy, but that technique has been used in anime for a very long time. In general, when it comes to like, oh yeah, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not suggesting that either Kaguya-sama yeah, yeah. or but, uh, the what I'm show saying is it. that in I, I don't think that we have ever, not ever, I don't want to say that because I can't be sure, but very rarely do we get genre and medium breaks like. When it actually becomes different pieces of media when it comes to live action 3D stuff. Like, that's when I mentioned when I talked about kind of into the Spider-Verse-iness of it. Where 
that movie was able to mix multiple mediums together when it came to like comic book animation, like noir action animation, comic booky style, also some live action stuff, right? So like I think that that was more what I meant there when it came to like the the brand new stuff because I I don't think that I've seen this in anime before myself either. Yeah, I yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah, I think um, we saw a little, like a tiny toe dip of that in Mob Psycho, where they shifted the art styles in certain scenes. But no, this is uh, this is something much different. They went full like balls to the wall. I feel like it kind of comes down to whether you're interpreting the uniqueness of the writing in the show by means like whether you're considering the uniqueness of what they were trying to accomplish or how they were trying to accomplish it. Because uh, I agree, the method of of what they're doing is is unique, and especially as we mentioned, this this genre, the medium breaks. But I feel like the actual like what they are doing, this kind of you know like comic cutaway and this uh, visual metaphor, uh, just sort of uh, inserted directly into the mise en scene. Um, yeah, and that's not yeah we're arguing with the, yeah, yeah we yeah. were standing yeah. with the how cool. So yeah. we're all on the same page. Yeah, but yeah, and and I think that. Uh, yeah, as I said before, like meta defining or yeah, like into the spider first kind of meta defining is a good way to to put it. We've never seen that before uh, yet, and maybe we'll see it again in the future if other other animes kind of capitalize on that. But overall, yeah, my my opinion of the show is that it's very very good. It was an enjoyable watch um, with like ninety five percent of the time. <laughs> Another thing about this uh, this cutaway humor, and I, I mentioned this a moment ago, was that. It allowed them to put in just an absolute fuckload of references to other anime, like other famous uh, anime moments, right? I mean, I mentioned the Dragon Ball scene earlier, uh, where I don't even, I've never watched Dragon Ball in any incarnation, and I don't know what scene this is, but I saw it memed enough to know that there's this, like, one frame that it's is, like, a very famous scene. meme. They do it, like, a bajillion times. All, all you times. have to know is it's... It's the saddest scene in all of Dragon Ball. <laughs> right, and I know nothing about it. I've just seen it get memed. They did that. Uh, they did a reference to Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Uh, they did a reference to... Um, oh, you just told me the name of this movie, Alex. The one where Thumb... Oh, my way, more Shinderu. Oh, with a fist of the North Star. Yes, yes, they did. I mean, yeah, like they did just, that. They did some JoJo references. Yeah, they did too. a couple JoJo references. Um, just all over the place. Uh, so you know, really, really. Uh, it's easy to see where this fits in the the broader, you know, anime tradition, I suppose. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we shift gears and talk about our favorite moments and favorite characters? And I get to start this one out because I brought this show this week. And I, w- I was a little divided between my favorite characters because I have I have two of them two for very different reasons, but I think I'm going to pick the one that I liked the first time I watched the show and the one that I also liked the second time watching the show, which is, of course, Rio. Yeah. <laughs> the the blue-haired girl. Um, the bassist of, of uh, Kesoku Band, which is... I think, Iris, you mentioned it would be as if... Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I, I think the 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 analogy I made would be like if an American band had the name Rubber Band. Yeah, exactly. Um, but just the um, I, I love the the starkness 
of personality difference that Rio brings to the dynamic. Um, where <laughs> where Bochi first starts to understand who she is, she's like, oh, she's a loner like me. And she's like, oh, I, she's, or no, it's, she's someone lonely like me. And then uh, Nijika starts talking about her, her hobbies, like, oh, going to cafes alone and listening to music in record shops. It's like, wait, no, she's not lonely. She chose to be lonely. She's a loner. And the gulf starts to widen (laughs) between the two. Um, But yeah, I I like Ryo just because she, for the moments that she is there for Bochi, she's like really supportive of her. That moment in like the cafe where she's talking about what kind of what kind of songwriter Bochi wants to be. Uh, Bochi is coming, struggling with writing lyrics that are supposed to be very happy and uplifting and something that's very pop-rocky. Uh, and Rio says, no, just write something that you want to write, uh, something that is true to yourself. I think she goes with the example of she was in a band previously, uh, which is wild because that must have been she was in a band in middle school. Um, there are middle schoolers in like, bands. That's not like an impossible thing. I mean, like a rock band in middle school, though. I mean, that, again, not an impossible thing. Still. But, I mean, she's saying like, oh, yeah, they sold out by writing music that was much more popular <laughs> than uh, than something true to your heart. And so she she's simultaneously like this rock, haha, for <laughs> Bochi to to um, secure herself on, but also she's kind of terrible to Bochi, where she mooches off of her. I think one of the parts that I laughed the loudest was when they're in the escalator and she's like, all right, I'll pay you back. And Bochi's like, you will? Because I've never not paid you back before. It's like, well, you still owe me for this last, last uh, time I paid for your lunch. And there's a moment where it's like it's a single frame, but her face like shifts perceptively to this like vacant stare. Uh, but yeah, Rio's just a riot every time that she's on screen, um, and I love her for it. But my favorite scene, I think it has to be, it has to be the scene when they are going to Enoshima, the sort of uh, last day of summer break. Um, because Bochi has has at this point made friends outside of school and within school, uh, but she is still overcoming the hurdle of asking these friends to do things that are like going out to the beach or doing extroverted things. And so the whole crux of this episode is Bochi finally experiencing a a summer. The summer outing with people that she is close to. And the entirety of the episode is very, very sweet. But I think what really made it for me at the end was when they're taking the train back. And uh, Bochi is like... Actually, no. I think they're taking the train to Enoshima. But Bochi is like conked out in her own little world. Um, And they... Ryo, Nijika, and Kita are all saying like... Man, Boshi must be like really popular at school because she's so much fun. And Keith's like, yeah, no, well, I'm not in the classes with her, but I mean, she's she's great to have around. And it's just a, such a nice scene 
for all of them to like really appreciate Bochi because once like that that initial hurdle that Bochi needed to get across has finally been passed and she has people that like her for who she is anxiety attacks and all and it's talking touching on that point where i think uh marcus you might have said that while they portray social anxiety in humorous ways they don't punch down they don't make fun of boshi for having social anxiety they appreciate her for every aspect of her character including the fact that she is super awkward and anxious and yeah it's it's just that scene that really makes the friendship aspect of Bochi one of the one of the best I've seen in in anime. Um, but yeah, what about the rest of y'all? What are your favorite moments and characters? All right, I'll go next. Uh, my favorite character was Rio um, for all the same reasons. I, I love what you said <laughs> about the uh, the the lonely versus loner stuff because I also agree that line kind of uh, uh, really spoke to me, I guess. Um, just because like I this is maybe like a perception when it comes to like introverted people that like there are introverted people and there are introverted people. Right. Like, and we can see that Rio and Bochi are both on this like introverted spectrum, but they are completely different um, in how they like express that. Like Rio legit is like, okay with and likes just being by herself. But Bochi is like, she's only comfortable being by herself and not being seen but she secretly wants to you know be seen by others and stuff so it's like a whole thing anyway um so in, in instead i'm gonna talk about bochi um because i also really like her as a character and i really like the very small moments of growth that we get to her character and how she deals with her anxiety over the course of the anime like you know obviously the first episode is she's playing guitar out of a ripe mango box which is an amazing (laughs) image right there um but like she always comes back to that mango box she's like oh i wish i had the box but later on in the show obviously she doesn't have the box and she's able to sort of overcome that regardless um i also like there's a couple moments especially in the early episodes where you know she learns how to how to bartend um and she you know (laughs) is really proficient with it if she's not seen by others but then you know the one moment i think uh like later on where she like actually learns and this is it's it's subtle because it it doesn't feel like a big moment but it is where she just like you know a customer comes she just comes to get her drink and then she's done and then like that all happens and she's like oh god actually i just did that um so i really like these moments of growth for her that are like very subtle but do happen um, and I think that that leads me to my favorite moment, which is the thing that I talked about Iris or shushed Iris earlier for, um, <laughs> which is the scene in episode eight. Um, the episode is literally just called Bochi the Rock. And I think that oh, that's what she says. It, it. it is. Um, and also because that episode, it, to me at least, feels like the most like intense, if that makes any sense. Like, obviously, there is there's drama in the last episode where she breaks her guitar string. And I really love that moment, too. But in this one, and as Iris said, the I love the detail on when they start playing their first song to that small audience. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like visibly uncomfortable throughout that entire song because it is off. Like literally from the get-go, I'm like... You can hear it. You can hear, you can it. hear it. Yeah, that. Everything that they say 
the characters say is something that the musicians who recorded that did. Exactly. Um, yeah, uh, that's that's that is what I was going to say. Um, the uh, the thing I wanted to point it out was that also it really st- it is able to contrast with the second song that they play so well, um, and specifically because the moment that I'm talking about is Bochi's solo. Um, yes. is comes out of left field so hard that I was like, oh shit, because I feel like so far in the show, you know, Bochi's playing of her guitar has, we can, you know, they tell us that it's impressive, but it's almost a little bit hard to hear in the songs previously showed first episode, the third, uh, fifth episode with the audition, um, and, like, we get a lot of her playing in episode six when she's with the bassist woman. Um, but that's when she's by herself. And so this is, like, the first time she's, like, uh, been in this pressured situation and she is completely improvising. And I think that just the image of her improvising a solo like that, like, that is some of the most stressful things you can do as a musician and as a musician who has social anxiety. Um, and she nails it. And she like goes right into the actual song. And the song is a banger. I've been listening to it like nonstop all day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all the songs are bangers, obviously. Um, but this one just hits so hard because of that intro. Um, but yeah, I think that's my favorite moment. And uh, they really nail it. All right. Well, I had two in contention for my favorite moment, but one of them is the the scene with the bottle in the last episode at the Culture Festival, which I love for many of the same reasons that you just talked about their first concert, where with you know Bochi kind of having to figure out something on the spot during a performance to deal with the adversity. Uh, I'll give an honorable mention to that scene, I suppose, uh, especially because there's that... Just uh, such a heart little warm, uh, heartwarming little moment from Kita, who's like, she's kind of taken over in the beginning parts of that solo section. And then we just get a brief moment of her internal monologue. It's like, I'm going to make sure Bochi shines. And just like the, the, the quick thinking and the care for her, you know, friend and the desire to help her shine and the confidence in her that, you know, I'm going to give her a moment to figure this out and then she's going to rock it. Love it. Love that moment. But... I'm going to say my favorite scene is also in episode eight. uh, And it is at the end of the episode when they have been. Is it when she says the anime title? Well, (laughs) yes, yes. But it's it's like before that, basically, because it's that whole conversation she has with Nijika uh, where, you know, she goes outside of the bar and they're kind of hanging out on that alley. And she's like, I know your guitar hero because I think something that is really important in this show and its treatment of social anxiety is not just, you know, oh, you know, like Bochi sometimes has episodes and we help her out and we bring her back and we still like are kind and caring and patient and wonderful with her. You know, it's like, that's all well and good. And that's really great and important. But I think it's also so incredibly important that Bochi and we, the audience, are explicitly told from the, you know, the horse's mouth, from the rest of the bandmates, how important she is to their dynamic and how important she is to all the rest of them and how much she brings to them, both as a band and as a friend group. I think it is so important for Bochi and her 
story and her development to have this moment of recognition and appreciation you know this this moment of connection between the two of them to be like you make us better and you know i i i do i love the characters so much you know you know me i love my characters i love watching people like form connections and be uh close to one another and this it's just a really beautiful moment of vulnerability where there's a secret that comes to light but you know it's not any of the terrible things that bochi was afraid of it's like hey no you're really good and i'm really glad you're here with us thank you for everything thank you for helping me make this dream come true uh because that really to me is the core of why they're you know like the, the the core of like i guess the band experience the core of like you know having these people you know this this sort of ride or die we're here to make our dreams come true together you know and we all bring something different to the table and we're all important uh it's just a very beautiful moment oh favorite character sorry i totally forgot uh uh my favorite character is Hiroi. Uh, I don't think I'm pronouncing that right, but the the older bassist of uh, oh, yeah. the the psychedelic rock sick band, hack. yeah, sick hack. Thank you. Because um, a couple of reasons. First of all, she's fucking hilarious, right? Uh, she just shows up and he's like, "Man, bass is my life." I left my bass at a bar though. <laughs> Can you? I don't remember which bar, but don't worry, I'm gonna find it. And she is just such a juxtaposition between you know like this this. Uh, total slob like kind of um I, I i i'm trying to think of the the words to describe it without being like mean but you know she's just kind of she, like she's an alcoholic yeah. i mean she, i mean she's an alcoholic i'm more talking about like you know she's just kind of a drifter and a bit of a mooch with this high schooler and like totally doesn't have her shit together and you know, doesn't seem to care all that much about, you know, what she's doing in life. There's such a juxtaposition between that and her sort of worldly, you know, world-wise and, uh, you know, experienced in the band scene and really supportive and emphatic about her, you know, essentially mentee at this point about Bochi and uh, really kind of serious and sober about like, if this is what you want to do, then do it. You know, you're the only one who can stop you from doing this. Uh, You know, like school and college and an office job wasn't for me. So this is what I'm doing. And you have that ability too. Uh, it's, It's just so strange. And seriously, she comes off to me, like her role in the story comes off to me, like kind of like that of a wandering fairy who just like shows up, dispenses some wisdom and then leaves. You could call me the traveler. literally like i would not i i said this to alex i would not have been surprised if like at the end of the episode where they did the street concert uh you know she turned around and heroia was gone and everyone's like man you did a you did such a great job doing a solo street concert like that you must be so brave and it's like this you know wandering spirit has just uh shown up and and been chaotic and helped you uh, achieve some like personal growth Uh, but of course, you know, that's not the case. It's not that kind of a story. And I'm glad for it because it means that she gets to come back and she sticks around and we see her getting into all her bullshit antics. And seriously, her being there at the culture festival and having just this like row of empty drinks on the edge of the stage, like it is a bar top tier comedy. And that juxtaposed with again, her very like sweet and serious and supportive, like relationship with Bochi. It's great. I love her a lot. Man, I was going to say this was a good segue into my favorite scene, and then you started explaining why my favorite scene is my favorite scene, and now I have to, like, kind of kind of reel it back a bit. But, oh, yes. Wait. 
My my favorite scene is uh I, I believe that's episode six when uh when uh Bochi meets uh Hiroi uh at or rather Hiroi runs into Bochi and they have that like impromptu uh street show. Um because it's that's that was the first time in the show where I actually felt like this is a genuinely socially anxious like I would be socially anxious if this you know a random drunk woman yeah. came up to me and asked me like started asking me questions and wanted to play my guitar and then wanted me to play on a street show that would be fucked um, not to say that you know anything else that she was doing before was like not genuine for social anxiety's sake but like everything else was kind of like a joke. What I was watching it is like, oh, you know, that's a joke. She's just being socially anxious. But then I was like, oh, she has every reason to be socially anxious. All that being said, um, it's a, yeah, it's just an excellent moment where we see, it's one of the few moments where we see Bochi kind of, you know, lean into her own strengths and her, and her, you know, character development, dot PNG, and, you know, actually start to play guitar and, you know, open her eyes to see that, no, not, not everybody's jeering at her. People are actually excited to hear her play and she gains a little bit more confidence from that. And, yeah, I think every time that we see Bochi make, you know, a pretty a pretty clear step in the right direction is a, a feel-good moment um, and needs to be celebrated. And of course, uh, as, as Iris mentioned, Hiroi uh, plays a big part in that. She's both kind of like a uh, a drifter who is completely, you know, like, she alcoholic is putting it lightly, honestly. She's <laughs> probably going to die very young. But, um, <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude! <laughs> but um, at the same time, she every once in a while, she's, you know, either like super emotional or drops this like hard-hitting why shit to, you know, a, a freshman in high school like listens to that shit and is like, wow, you're absolutely fucking right because I have no like actual barometer for how my life is supposed to go. So, um, yeah, it's, it, that's, it's, it is the right balance of funny and serious. And anytime a, a comedy, you know, strikes that balance really well, it deserves its praise. Um, favorite character? I think uh, I'll talk. What is the name of the red-haired girl? Kita. The super. That's her yeah. last name. Kita. Yeah. yeah, Kita. Like, she, no, yeah. no, but like, she goes by Kita. Yeah. Right. She's she's Kita Kita. That's, Kita the, that's the whole thing. <laughs> Kita Aura. But yeah. Yeah. Right. Kitora. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I'm going to. This might be a little hot, but like honestly, the characters are not that great. Aside from Bochi, in my opinion, like they they are very much kind of like prototypical. Like if you formed a band in an anime, you would have the you know the very extroverted singer and like the very focused basis and like the very kind of sardonic uh, or very or very sardonic basis and the very like focused drummer or whatever. But. Um, you know they they are they're written well for their stereotypes I guess but they don't really develop <laughs> very much aside from that. Um, but I do want to highlight Kita in particular because she's like the example. She she is the opposite of Bochi, right? And like the I think it's expected that they're going to be able to build their friendship because you know she's gonna they're gonna help build each other up. But as Iris mentioned in talking about her favorite scene, like that one moment where. Um, you know, she does that little solo to give Bochi time to improvise with the broken string is a perfect example of how they've both grown as like, you know, friends and like, you know, they, they've actually come together and like done something really cool. And I like, I you know, I, I, I like that. That's great. She she's funny otherwise because she posts on Instagram all the time and 
just does extroverted shit all the time for the same reasons that Bochi does introverted shit all the time. And, you know, it's funny for the same reason. I think it's I think it's even more funny, especially when we get to that episode that Alex talked about where she's the extroverted one and everyone else is like, or not she even an extroverted yeah. one. She's like the outdoorsy and everyone else is like, there's so many stairs. <laughs> Can yeah. we go up the escalator? <laughs> <laughs> I felt that. Can I segue into my big... And this might be another hot. This might be the 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 uh, mirror image hot take of the episode. Wait, uh, can I big can I say one about... thing before you get there? Oh it's yeah, very yeah, small yeah, yeah. One thing that I just wanted to mention is that obviously we've we talked about they use this kind of like non anime uh, imagery when it comes to live action or stuff like that when it comes to talking about Bochi's like innermost thoughts and her anxieties, and so it gives this very surreal vibe. I really like that when they do the music sections. It is almost too realistic. Um, yeah. So, like the 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 animation, I don't. It's not rotoscope because it looks like it's three D models. I think. Um, yeah, I think it is. So yeah, it looks mo capped, um, which is really really cool. I think it makes it almost look too real. They have these shots where they have like you know the GoPros on the guitars in different locations, and it's like that's like an actual shot um, from like a real thing. I just really like how they they are able to. You know, it, it to me it speaks to the fact that like you know when when the band is playing, it feels like this is like the real moments, um, and that's kind of what it expresses to me, which is really cool. And in contrast with all the other surreal moments as well. Yeah, no, I was uh, I was going to also mention that the way that Nijika drums yeah, and shit. the way that they're like strumming the strings, it's it look. I I'm not a drummer and I'm not a guitarist, but. They are like actual. I think they're actually hitting the right notes and the right, hitting the right uh, keys on the guitar. So yeah, a lot of a lot of detail put into those moments. Yeah, that that running thing about how an, uh, instruments are never animated correctly, <laughs> I'm fairly certain does not apply to this show because yes. it mm-hmm. looks like they did the diligence. Yeah. Um, and also the but very continuous. the very briefest also you know now that you mentioned Nijika and dropping the very briefest shout out to the funniest single you know shot. Oh, when she wants to get a show. guitar. <laughs> Uh, when she wants yeah. to get a guitar, and then and then everyone else is like, "Is she gonna start drumming with that?" And we just see her like <laughs> roided up and like drumming using the guitars as drumsticks. Uh, Fucking hilarious! We watched that I think three times in a row when it came yeah. to the episode. So my my one big you know sort of hot takey critique of this show. We we talked a lot about how this show has a a pretty heavy uh, use of the sort of cutaway sort of physical or situational humor with this visual metaphor, you know, all these nonsense situations happening to Bochi to depict her, you know, social anxiety kind of breakdowns. You know, she turns into dust and gets into a coffin and blows up and pops like a balloon, all this nonsense, right? They, there's a lot of cutaways, essentially, from the actual, like, thrust of the narrative, Right, you know, a thing will be happening, an event will be happening, or a conversation will be happening, and then Bochi kind of gets into her world, and we kind of we kind of cut away from it. And now, you know, what is happening is the humor and the joke and the the whimsy, I guess, of whatever fun the animators are having and whatever whatever joke they're telling, whatever reference they're making. We talked a lot about that thing. My hot take is that I think they do it too much, and I think they do it to a point where it actually kind of detracts from the episode. And I know this is not like an incredibly plot-heavy show, right? It's a slice of life. It's not like there are serious and deep and complex events happening on the screen, but 
there is a lot of sincerity and vulnerability in certain moments of the show. I mean, that's what we've been talking about, right? The 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 reason that so much of the depiction of uh, social anxiety feels so authentic and gentle. And there, so there's a lot of vulnerability. There's a lot of uh, sincerity in this show. It's part of the reason that I like it. There's a lot of character moments. And yeah, the characters can be tropey, I think. I don't think I think they're as tropey as Marcus does. But like, that doesn't mean that we can't have like real serious interactions between them that have a lot of meaning. And as much as I love all the humor, I'm not saying that I don't think they should do that because that's kind of like the meat of the show that's like why it's funny that's where the jokes come from but there were certain points where it's like i was watching an episode and it's like okay well so far in the last like 10 minutes we've had like three minutes of like them actually talking about what's going on and like seven minutes of uh you know, Bochi uh, turning to stone <laughs> in the light of day. And it just feels like at a certain point, they're interrupting themselves. You know, it's gotten to a point where I can't follow along with what was happening, but that I did kind of care about. Like, yes, have our cutaway, have our moment, and then let the moment be done and move on. That like that, I think like for me, the moment that that impression crystallized when I when I had that thought of like, it feels like they have interrupted themselves and then interrupted themselves again, and they just can't finish the thought. And I know that's a hot take because all three of them are like giving me the stare of like, <laughs> we're going to say something now. So please hear what he shreds. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm not going to speak too much on my opinion of what you just said, but I am going to offer what I think might be an explanation. Uh, I will also just like deposit my opinion right here. I think, um, God, you gotta, <laughs> think... you gotta love that. He's like, I'm not going to speak on my opinion, but I will speak <laughs> on my opinion. <laughs> Just, it's not going to take up the majority of my airtime. But, I mean, I do think it is the focus of the show to portray Bochi's social anxiety uh, in, a, in a humorous way. Um, rather than... Because the storyline of the show and the real, like, narrative beats are ones that we've seen before. And ones that are, like, not doing... Yeah, not doing anything super new. So I think what they were definitely trying to do with the show was really go for that style of uh, portraying the show in this multimedia aspect and to make it relatable. And I don't think that is the fault of the show writers uh, because this is my main point. The I mentioned this to Iris before, but I don't know if Michael or Marcus know about this, but the original manga that this uh, this anime is based off of is a four-panel manga. So think like your Sunday Garfield strips. Uh, it'll be like four squares uh, telling a linear story, and then the next page will be another four squares uh, talking about a different story within these characters' lives. And so I think the thing that you were talking about, Iris, of uh, like joke after joke after joke after joke after joke, is because they are adapting the four-panel manga style into anime. It is that they are taking the bones of Bochi the Rock, the manga, and stringing them together into this um this original anime uh, because they they do um uh, mention in the production that 
the showwriters changed things and flipped around uh, the timeline of the original manga to make it more, more, what's the word? Uh, streamlined and make it more understandable as like an overall narrative story where I think in the manga, it is literally just like, okay, here's a joke. Here's another joke. Here's another joke. And then there's like a thread of a story through there. So yeah, I don't, it's, it's hard to, because when you're a show writer, you want to keep the original spirit of the manga, but you also want to make something that's digestible in the grand scheme of things. So what they've settled upon, uh, this mixing of jokes and the storyline that the anime has, I think was a middle ground that they were okay with. I personally think it's fine, but I can see how you would think that there were some moments where they cut away from that more serious part. And I think that is due to the fact of the original manga being the way that it is. Yeah, I mean, it, it totally, it totally does make sense. I, I, I see like the through line of like why this might be the case. I guess you know, but it's just like this is an adaptation, right? It's not just you know picking up the story and plopping it into a new bucket, and it's a series now in a different media. Like they are rewriting content, they're rewriting story, and they are creating stuff where previously there was none. It's not like they have to stick precisely exactly to the original source material like that's what an adaptation is and you know i i guess it really just does come down to a matter of opinion like where you draw that line of like that balance how much of this kind of content is too much or too little and you know where how they structure it um i mean like all things on the show it's a matter of opinion and i think my personal tastes uh fall a little bit uh or a lot of it you know on the lesser side of the line of how much i want these cutaway moments of humor to be the the meat of the story okay so i did some research as well (laughs) so i'm actually gonna push back a little bit on what you said alex if that's okay oh all right because oh okay well then i hope you're prepared to offer another rebuttal through (laughs) through my own research i have i'm gonna stop um so he's the fucking like, like, like chin stroke, like very Bond villain. So, I mean, all the facts are correct. Like it's a four original four panel manga, all that stuff. Um, but what I think is interesting for me, at least, is that a lot of the iconic moments of this anime was not in the comic or the, the manga. Um, so specifically the, one of the big ones is when they go into the, uh, Jesus, the the attention horror monster is <laughs> that's what it's called, right? Oh yeah. So that actually well, that is in the manga, um. But if you'll 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 remember that right before that she does this weird like glitching effect, um, and like she glitches into the thing. Um, I think another example is later on with oh yeah, well so there's another joke. Um, she's she's trying to come up with lyrics, right? And she's like, how does how does how what are, what do I do lyrics wise? How because you know we're, she's she's writing for Kita and you know she has this whole thing where she like pretends that she's popular and she goes through like she's like on a jet ski and then she t- goes into like a like a like a musical <laughs> yeah. and then she like transitions and then she gets caught by her parents. Um, only one like a a single a still frame of her pretending to be like popular is in the original manga. One frame, and the. 
studio expanded on that one frame into like a minute long section of her doing all the stuff. As in, they made a panel into a minute long joke. Okay? So, if anything, I completely see Iris's point. What they did was they took a manga that, for all intents and purposes, and for what I've heard, was, like, pretty straightforward. Like, this is what's happening, and then, you know, there are jokes, but, like, it, it, is, it wasn't crazy like this anime is, and they made it this crazy. And I just think, at, at this point, it's just a matter of opinion. Because I love how many jokes there are. Because of the fact that the plot is not deep, and neither is the world building. And so, they have the time, in my opinion, to have all of these jokes. And still, deliver us sincere, characterful moments and interesting plot points. If the show was, in and of itself, any more complex... Like if it was like from Full Metal Alchemist and they inserted twice as many jokes. I mean, in well, that is that you're, you're <laughs> dialing it all the way up to a thousand. Well, okay, but like, see, there are less complex shows. To- do you remember that show? My biggest complaint with that show was that they had way too many cutaways to their own jokes, and I think that like in this anime specifically, like it's not very plot heavy. And Wait, so, was that actually a complaint you made about Full Metal Alchemist? Yeah. Do you remember? Uh, you remember recording right. that episode? That was like three years ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Alex, Jesus. run back the tape. Jesus. So, yeah, Alex, please run back the it, tape. I, I, Do you even still have the tape? Well, we can we get on Spotify. We have, we have the tape. Uh, it, it, I never said it in those words exactly, but what I remember saying is that Full Metal Alchemist uh, uh, switched its tone way too fast, way too often. Like, they would go from, like, these, you know, very, like, you know, chibi art styles, and then, boom, daughter's dead. Kind of thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, anyway. I mean, yes. <laughs> so with this show, the tone is so consistent. It's funny. It's funny. It's funny. And underneath, we have these sincere moments. But it's still overall a funny show, which is why I'm, me personally, I think this is the opinion part. I am more willing to give it the time to have these jokes because all of the jokes, I think, are really, really funny. Yeah, I think my, my complaint is not so much, like, the, the, the there's hard switches, per se. My complaint is that it feels like the, the sincere moments get kind of, like, interrupted and crowded out. It's not so much the transitions between them, but, like, the relative balance. Sure, and I think that, for me personally, I think that the, there are yeah, enough no, and this is And this is, yeah, we're on the, we're on the yeah, same exactly. page. It's just a matter yeah. of and like, where, what, what our preferences I are. I think that this is the Eurocamp divide. Like, the Eurocamp, <laughs> the sincereness is all off the charts, and there are jokes underneath. Whereas this one, the jokes are on top, and the sincereness is underneath. That is a fascinating dichotomy to, 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 to establish, and I actually kind of like that comparison because i loved Eurocamp. well then you'll loved... love my point because i'm gonna bring up nimona of all shows <laughs> oh, which, whoa, which as you remember whoa, i fucking the crossover into, century yeah i know i tore into that show when we watched it but in any case my my stance is quite similar to michael's in that in in many ways i do agree with you iris there were some of these scenes that graded on me but this is first and foremost a comedy show and this show would be so much worse without all of these, you know, really funny outtakes and stuff to the point where I can forgive the jokes that miss to, you know, and respect the jokes that land, right? Like, that seems like a very kind of, like, childish way to look at it, I guess. Uh, not to call myself so. childish, but, like... No, I think that's a perfectly <laughs> valid opinion. I just think that, like, 
you know, the taking taking these, you know, small frames, as Michael said, and expanding them into giant like skits, like cutaways, essentially, uh, for the purpose of just injecting humor into the storyline. Uh that's one of the reasons why this show is so fucking popular. Like people ate that shit up for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? Like that's that's really something that made this show so different from shows like Yuru Camp or uh, you know other animes that we've watched. And like I I have to respect the the raw strength of the director's wills to go and push that hard for it, even if like I agree there were some of them where I was just like. I feel like this is the fifth time I've watched this very scene from Boshi doing whatever this like. There were some there were some scenes like that, but again, like it's it's um it is opinion and and I think it's also just a tolerance thing where uh eventually like it, well I you know I took a step back I looked at the big picture and said if if I can if I can accept this show at its worst so that I can see the scenes <laughs> like the fucking band on the side of the on the side of the the, the truck. Um, now, how does this that all is, tie? That is certainly a way to phrase it. Yeah, that was that was words in the English language. Um, uh, <laughs> that was now, one of the takes of all time. Now, how does this tie into Nimona? You ask. Yeah. Now, yeah, please. Like, my what the problem fuck are you about with Nimona was that they kept cutting away to humorous, like, or or generally irrelevant moments, in my opinion, that took away from the serious of seriousness of the movie. And I think that the seriousness of that movie was the point. Like, there was a very serious topic. That they were trying to tackle and the the the, the fact that the mona was such an annoying little shit kept taking me away from that serious <laughs> okay thing. well hang on a second because we have to acknowledge the fact that perpetual bias against children i think i also <laughs> agree with you at this point that like it because the things are trying to two, do two different things the the transition right. is grating like I, I like when I when I like. When did this food, become about bashing one of my favorite? It's movies to prove of last a point year. about this one. I'm, I'm sorry. I agree I with to... you on the. I, hold on, you guys are saying a different thing than I am slightly, though. I think because I'm not saying I dislike the humor. I want to make that very, very clear. I love the humor in this show, and I, I think I understand and I agree that it is kind of the meat. It's the bread and butter of this story. It's what makes it so fucking funny. I think what I'm saying is because the more characterful and the more uh, vulnerable and serious moments are so few and far between, and because that is something that I personally look for in a lot of TV shows, the fact that the, you know... The rare occasions when they show up, it feels like a bit of a treat. It's like, oh, let's uh, let's inject a bit of, uh, you know, something heartfelt and something serious and something inspiring into my comedy TV show that's uncommon enough that when they felt like they got interrupted and those moments couldn't play out to their completion, that's when I started getting annoyed. And that, and that's completely fair because as you said, like you like to look for those, you, you treat them as like, these are rare kind of finds in a show that in is this show. mostly this show just yeah 90% jokes, right? Like you want to focus on the parts where the show is not jokes for that, you know, very short 10% of time. But, you know, to me, I watched this and, and kind of figure like, this is a comedy show. The, the uh, you know the serious parts of it, the parts that move the plot along or develop characters, are necessary and certainly welcome for me to watch because they're a nice break from the jokes. But I'm watching this for the jokes, you know. And yeah, uh, totally opinion. But 
Uh, I am terribly sorry for ripping the Band-Aid off on the Mona. I didn't have to do that, but I, I felt like I needed to we defend, already, we, my, like that, defend that, myself. That discussion was already closed. We already knew like where we stood. I didn't like, think we it already was know closed. I that needed, you two are... What do you mean myself. you didn't think it was closed? We recorded that episode months ago. I, Marcus needed closure right now. I had right to get now. that off my chest. We already know you're a Philistine. What more do you want? <laughs> One last thing I want to really, really quickly say is, because I actually I think I'm more on the line of Iris than I thought, because... I also treat those moments as like these golden nuggets of like this is where like the this is very powerful stuff the seriousness yeah they're the, they're the chocolate chips in the cookie of the show right. and, and that's, but that's why I like that ratio from that to joke and it's not about ratio anymore as you said it's about the interruption right but I think that the ratio is good because as you said it means that these moments to me at least feel more impactful because they're not everywhere if that makes sense um, but I agree that like I I think that it the matter of opinion for me is just like the interruption stuff. I never found that there was interruption, but if you did, then that's valid. And that's such a subjective exactly. thing. The very final brief thing I will say, uh, well, actually this isn't at all relevant to what we've just been talking about for the last, uh, you know, 20 minutes. We're but back on I sense, uh, no, not about Nomona, <laughs> but it, it's a very, it's a bit, very brief non sequitur, a very brief tie callback to something I mentioned in passing earlier, but I sense that Alex is about to wrap us up. So I, I want to say, you two, Michael and Marcus, Alex, you can't play. You two, 20 points if you can guess which is the one scene that actually did trigger. I, my I was actually going to talk about this scene, but um, oh, no, well this then, is better. Well, then, no, yeah, this is better this than the, what this I had. the lead in then. Yeah, what scene was the one that actually triggered my social anxiety? By which I mean to say, like, I, I like put my blanket over my head. I was like, ah, for about, like, five seconds. I actually don't know. Was it, what half of the show it was it? I will say this. You got to make your guess. I will say this. Um, the topics that I sent you all, one of them should. Uh, oh come you. on, that's way too much help. There's all these topics are very generic. <laughs> all right, call me out for that. No, I no, I mean, like, as in, like they don't have specifics. <laughs> on, like we're going to talk about this, this just, episode. Alex just caught a stray for no reason. But it's <laughs> a lot of things are catching strays for no reason in this episode. <laughs> just want to put that out there. Uh, I, I'll give them a hint, Iris. No, yeah, um, no, was it, wait, no, hold on. Just make a guess. Was it during a performance? Yes. Uh, that's so... <laughs> I mean, okay. then it... I, uh... Was it when the string broke? No. Was it when they were playing right out of time? Though. No. No, it's, it's the right performance where the spring, string broke, though. Oh my god, you're just telling them. I guess, yeah. It was when she did the stage dive. Oh my god, wait, that was so good, though! That was really funny. <laughs> that was yeah. so funny. And it and it because I saw it coming. It was like watching a train wreck happening yeah. in slow motion. I saw what was about to happen. I saw what the consequences were going to be for her socially, like down the line. I saw what was going to happen in the moment. Like I saw the disconnect between like her perception and reality. <laughs> like now, actually is a danger to her when it's most of the time not in an instant I saw the whole thing unfold in front of me and I couldn't do but it. I think that as you said before the way that the show repairs it is by Rio having me like damn she's a rock star right and she jumps. oh yeah no no absolutely I'm not I'm not like it was a short moment yeah. believe you me and like it was it, like I think they I, I think it fits there perfectly. I think it's uh, you know they they did the moment well and I think they recovered from it well. It's just watching it actually happen oh, sure. it was like it, it, I, I needed like five seconds right. of just like like I I, I know what's gonna happen. <laughs> and of course you know every time this topic comes up, right? My secondhand embarrassment or anxiety uh, with it's it's totally an irrational thing, right? It doesn't make any sense. 
I can't believe you asked us to guess a scene where it triggered your social anxiety in a show that is like 80% social anxiety. Like, do you know how hard that was going to be? Well, okay, so... No, because it's... No, 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 no. Here's the thing, though. It's not secondhand, like, social anxiety. It's not like, oh, she's feeling a bad feeling and I'm doing the same thing. It's she's doing something that she is going to regret that is going to be embarrassing for her. And those are not nearly as common as she has this imagination of something bad happening. Hmm. Should have specified. It was a funny bit, okay? It was a humorous little moment, and it led us into a segue of this thing that Alex wanted to talk about. It doesn't actually matter whether or not you got it right or wrong. Thank, thank you, Iris. I'll, I'll slip great. you the money later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just take it off. Wait, Alex, when you said that the, this moment was in your notes, are you just talking about the ending? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? You were like, yeah, we're gonna talk about the ending, and therefore, like, you should know exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about the ending. Again, I cannot stress to you how unimportant this game was. Like, maybe I should know better than to like tell this group of people to like, you know, do something gamified and not expect you to take it as seriously as death itself. But like, <laughs> oh, this was seriously just That's like right. a conversational like uh, quirk. Like it, I deserve it really, ten I was just points. Like, <laughs> no, Take in them, fact, Michael. ten points away from you for asking. Damn, you're not the DM. <laughs> <laughs> I obviously am in this moment because you just asked me for points. Oh jeez. All right. Well, I think that'll do it for us, folks. Thank you for listening. Uh, this week's video that you can watch on YouTube appropriately is called Nervous by Char. So go check that out if you're interested. Next week, Michael, you are bringing the movie Cars. So <laughs> go ahead, watch that if you want to catch up with us. Uh, and please email us at bestseatpodcast at gmail.com if you have a show suggestion or just want to tell us about your own favorite moments and characters. Thank you to Ben from the Real Beast Podcast for our intro and outro theme. And once again, thank you so much for listening. And you will hear from us next week. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.